This is the Tony Dill Podcast. Hello and welcome again to the show. My guest is a celebrated radio consultant, and I'm so excited he agreed to be on the podcast. Please welcome Mike McVeigh. Hello, Mike. Welcome to the show. Now, what's McVeigh Media all about? Well, McVeigh Media is a uh, full-service consultancy. We work in a lot of different areas, radio, podcasting, uh, digital, anything that involves content creation. Talent coaching is a part of that. Focusing on radio stations that are spoken word, be that sports or news talk. Um, and the same with music. When did you get into radio? Well, I got into radio a long time ago. Um, when I entered radio, AM radio stations still played music. Um, you know, I got into it as a kid while I was in school. It was something that was an advocation and a lot of fun. And it was something to make a little extra money. And it turned into a profession. Um, I was very lucky that the very first radio station I worked at part-time also had a television station with it. And uh, I ended up being part of one of the TV shows. And that led to me getting a weekend job in the radio and eventually a full-time job uh, on the radio as an on-air personality. What inspired your transition from employed radio management to radio consultancy? In 1984, uh, the radio station I was working at was being sold. And they wanted me to stay. They weren't going to terminate me. The new owners wanted to keep me. I was the general manager, having previously been the program director there. But I had started McVeigh Media in 1979 as a part-time thing. Uh, the people I worked for at the time I started in 79 allowed me to have four clients on the side. By 1984, the four clients I had had enlarged to where they were as big as the market I was a manager in, Cleveland. And so I just kind of sat down and said, here's how much money I make now. What could I make? And my wife is the one with the uh, business degree. She ran a performer. I approached the people who were buying the company and said, look, I'm going to start McVeigh Media full-time. I'm going to leave as general manager, but I'd like to consult you and also help you find and train your general manager, my replacement. And uh, they agreed with that idea. They liked it. And that's how it started. You've trained many radio broadcasters and been to stations all over the world, but have you been to any countries on the African continent? I have been uh, a consultant in the United States, Canada, Mexico, uh, Australia, New Zealand, United Kingdom, France. Um, I've been uh, Spain, um, the Caribbean, Grand Cayman, Puerto Rico, you know, a lot of different places. I have never consulted an African country, uh, nor have I visited the African continent. Certainly, it's on my wish list of things I'd love to do someday. In an age where information is instant and new music are bought in a way, how does radio stay relevant? The important part of radio's relevance today is going to come from the personalities. Anybody can play music. 
And music is, as you noted, available on a lot of different uh, digital sources. But the personalities are what create day-to-day tune-in. Listeners become loyal to them. They create a relationship with them. They feel that they're part of their daily routine. And so it's important that the personalities not be minimized, and it's happening in many countries, but rather that great personalities be encouraged and developed. Well, Mike, in your experience, it's over four decades. What makes a great on-air talent? What makes a great air talent a, a difficult question to answer because it does vary quite a bit. Um, I can tell you that I've never met a successful air talent that wasn't also intelligent. Great air talent are very prepared. They understand who they are. They're consistent in their performance. They work hard. They're continually practicing and striving to get better. And they really have a personality that is attractive. And what I mean by that is, you know, sometimes you go to a party and people are hanging out around one individual. That individual is an attractive personality. They attract people to them, just like a moth is attracted to a flame. And that's what great air talent have. They also understand how to create the unexpected, that feeling that if you don't listen, you will miss something. That's one of the things I enjoy coaching with talent, is helping them figure out who they are, how to take advantage of it, and then how to create day-to-day tune-in. I read a lot about your perspectives on, you know, what radio PDs should look for in a talent, but I'd like to hear you say it. So what should radio managers or program directors look for in a talent? I can tell you that when I was a program director and as a corporate programmer, what I looked for in a talent was someone who knew how to succeed. I wasn't worried if they had failed somewhere providing they knew why they failed and what they have done to make sure they don't fail again. I also look for that special sound, the timing, the energy, and greater talent know how to make a show about the audience more than it is about them. When I was a general manager, I looked for air talent who would take direction from the program director, who enjoyed being coached, I'm not saying they wanted to be bossed around, but I'm saying that they enjoy being coached because they know that makes them better. Recently, I read up, on, uh, read up a piece where you featured on a podcast talking about storytelling, but what makes a great podcast in Mike McVeigh's opinion? The difference between being on the air and hosting a podcast is that one is talking to the masses, the other is specific to a niche, meaning that even though you may have thousands of people listening to a podcast, and it could even be as large a number as what listens to a radio show, the people who are listening to a podcast are there for a very specific reason and a very specific content type. And so super serving that audience is important. The other thing is the very best podcasts are 20 to 30 minutes in length because that's the average commute time. You want to be able 
to get an entire story out to the audience so they don't have to hit pause and come back to your podcast at some later time. How do podcasts compare with radio right now? You know, a podcast is like radio on demand, so there is a comparison. The problem that podcasting faces right now is there are millions of podcasts out there and maybe a few thousand that are any good that have a real audience that attract a big group of people to listen to it. And so the podcast listener has to sift through a lot of stones to get to the soil. You have to go through a lot of rock before you get to the earth. And and I think that's the biggest challenge that you have in comparing a podcast to radio. The other thing that a lot of radio people try to do is take the radio show and just make it a podcast. Well, that's radio on demand. That's not a podcast. They should do a whole nother program that's 20 to 30 minutes long that is specifically set to be a podcast. Do you see podcasts as the future of radio? I do not think podcasts are the future of radio. I think that podcasts are going to continue to grow and they're here to stay. I think that podcasts are another form of communication, another way to tell stories, another opportunity to entertain an audience or inform an audience. You know, podcasts are certainly special and they're valuable. And in addition to my being a, you know, audio consultant and broadcast consultant, I don't partner in a podcast company. So obviously I believe in podcasts or I wouldn't invest in them. But I don't think podcasts are the future of radio. I think that digital is the future of radio. To the burden radio talent in Nigeria, what piece of advice would you give? I think I would tell any uh, budding young talent to work harder than you ever thought you would work in this business. Read more about the business. And I would say, listen to great talent and understand what they do and why they do it. Those are the three big things. But of that, there are subsets. Hearing talent and understanding what they do has a subset of imitation or modeling is a way to learn. And it's all right to copy someone else. Don't steal their content. But if you want to copy their pace or the way they say things, that's good. Learn from it. Because what that does is it gives you an opportunity to practice, practice, practice. Just like kicking a football into the net over and over again, it helps you get better. And that's what's important in order to make your show a success and in order to grow your career. What legacy would Mike McVeigh like to leave behind? Well, this may surprise you. The legacy I hope to leave behind, while、well, I would like to be remembered for radio and my participation involvement in it, The legacy I'd like is that my children think I was a good father, that my grandchildren think I was a good grandfather, and that the people that I've worked with or come across in broadcasting believe I was a good mentor. For me, it's more about being a human and being a person and being spiritual in that regard. My guest has been Mike McVeigh. 
Thank you, Mike, for coming on the podcast. This means a lot to me. Well, Tony, thank you for having me as part of your podcast. I really appreciate it. And I want to encourage you and all of those listening from your homeland to stay committed to entertaining, informing, educating, serving their communities, and really take the top off of anything you thought you could accomplish and go to a level above that. You young broadcasters are in a great position to create whatever will be next beyond what we have now. So think outside the box and have fun while you do it. Thanks. I appreciate you having me on. If you enjoyed the podcast, do me a favor and tell somebody about it. Let them check it out as well. Also, if you'd like to support, the links are in the show notes on how you can do that. Thank you for listening. Who produced the theme music, by the way? I'm pretty sure it's Techzilla.